Welcome back to the Not So Fit Couple podcast, episode four, with your hosts. At Lucy Davis, underscore fit. That was a very mumbly intro. But, <laughs> uh, and my coach, Ben. And we have a very, very special guest with us today in the presence of. Hello, I'm Sophie Butler, at Sophie J Butler. See, yeah, Instagram, Oops. there you go, little plug. <laughs> Social plug. Everyone's got an intro to the Instagram. <laughs> and today we're going to be having a bit of a chat about mental health and mental resilience. But first, um, for those of you who do not know Soph, she's going to give us a little brief intro into herself, so you may take the floor. Oh, how powerful. <laughs> um, yeah, so I know Lucy and Ben through, um, I do similar sort of, you know, I do workout contests, I'm training to be a coach, um, so we, we met through Gymshark, because you got sponsored, I think, like, literally the One week, week before me. We are, like, induction buddies. Yeah, we are. Like, we literally are. I remember, like, when I first got sponsored, I woke up the next morning, just so many messages, you know, as you do when it pops off. Yeah. Like, literally, and then I remember seeing, like, one from you, and I was like, oh, because we never spoken before and I opened it and the message was just so nice it was just like welcome to the team I'm so glad you've joined the same time as me and I was just like thank god someone's just joined with were you me. guys in the same week uh I think literally the week before yeah I was the week before so saw me go down and your friend Ellie told yeah. you didn't she so that's how we knew but then I think it was literally two weeks later we both went down to the 66 event yeah that was it and that was like straight away that was our first event yeah, that was, that was like, oh my, it feels so long ago now. It does, doesn't it? This like, year is absolutely it's flying by. Isn't it? It's October now, it's spooky season. I know. That is crazy. Well, my birthday is the day before Halloween as well, so it's a more spooky. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so I do, um, so yeah, so that's how we met. So um, a little bit about me, really. So what we'll do is instead just take the pressure off. You know, yeah. Lucy's got a few questions to ask and so have I so we'll we'll delve into a few bits yeah so because a lot of people might not know um, would you tell us a little bit more about your actual injury and the effect that it initially had on your life because some of our listeners might not know but some of them might know but so we just get your background on yeah, you. totally. Because I mean, like, I mean, because it's a podcast as well. I mean, anyone who doesn't know me is probably thinking, like, what injury? Mm, like, um, exactly. Yeah. So, like, so I have a spinal injury. Um, so it basically means that I am paralyzed from the waist down. So mm-hmm. I use a wheelchair full time. Um, that happened like just over two years ago. So it was the fifth of July, twenty seventeen. So before that, I was like completely able bodied. I've been training for about two years before that. But um, my actual injury itself actually came from the gym, Mm -hmm. which seems to be what surprises most people, because most people are just, like, really shocked by it. So my actual injury itself was caused in the Smith machine. So basically, I was squatting in the Smith machine, and it was 70 kilograms, which was kind of, like, heavyweight for me, but doable. Like, Mm -hmm. it wasn't like I was, you know, it it wasn't like I couldn't do it. So I was doing that, and then... I think I lost my footing or something. My memory isn't very good of it. But basically, I came down with the weight and I landed on my bum. But as I landed on the bum, the pressure of the 70 kilograms went through my back. Mm -hmm. And it basically meant that my back, like, snapped in two. But as it snapped, it didn't snap out, which would have obviously been horrific but preferable. It snapped in, which meant it went, like, through my spinal cord. So, um, yeah, so that... I mean, from there, I remember, like, watching, like, I remember wa- watching it happen. So you, it's almost like you're, like, out of your body, like, at that point. So yeah. you're just, like, watching it happen to someone else. I feel like everything was going really slow. Yeah, yeah, like, really slow, but really quick at the same time. Um, so I had surgery that night. as It was, like, emergency surgery they had to do. 
and they basically put metal rods and screws into my back which was like a new backbone so they basically took the back that was on was now out of place put it into place and now my new back because backbone obviously grows back it grew yeah. around the the metal rods so um i mean my spine is still injured but the vertebrae of the actual back itself is growing back okay um so yeah so now i'm obviously like paralyzed from the waist down that was and i talk about it so casually like i just paralyzed from the waist down but that's because it was for me it was like two and a half years ago now yeah, yeah. and like so much has like happened in that time it's been like so yeah so so much has happened in that time that like it's just been like such like a roller coaster journey so obviously it happened in the gym there was like a whole process for me of having to get back into the gym so the idea of like overcoming the injury has so many different layers to it so you yeah, have like the physical side and I think when people when I say to people about overcoming the injury they think just jumping up going and walking again mm-hmm. and or going for a run or getting back to what you were before but the the harsh reality is is there is no going back to what you were before some people do gain mobility and can walk it's not um it's it's very very difficult and it doesn't happen to everyone who has an injury but it is uh, it is possible with the right environment Caution. but um obviously it's very very different and the way that I kind of look at it is like you're going through something like that. You go through a big life change. Why would you want to be what you were before? Mm-hmm. You go through something like that. You you have to actually go through it and become someone else because yeah. the, you know you you go through it. There's no avoiding it. So there's like the physical layer of overcoming the injury in inverted commas. Um, and when I say overcoming, I I meant like being able to get out of bed by yourself again, being able to be independent, to dress yourself, um, to drive, to maintain a job, to do all of these things, which before were like a privilege you didn't even think about. Whereas now yeah. it's like you're fighting for like a little bit of like. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask as well. Like, what is probably the biggest thing for you in terms of what you noticed that you took for granted before, which maybe is a lot more difficult. No. I think the biggest thing I maybe took for granted was um, independence. Yeah. So before, like I'd literally, when I got my results, I'd literally just finished uni. So I used to, I used to do everything by myself. I lived, I lived without my parents. I lived on my own for three years at uni. I used to literally go up and down or go abroad on my own, like do anything. Whereas now it's like I'm getting to a point where I can do that stuff on my own. But it's taken a lot of time. It's taken a lot of confidence building. It's taken, it takes planning. So if I want to go get a train to London, I think, right, okay, I need to make sure I can get a wheelchair accessible taxi to mm-hmm. the train station. I have to book the ramp. And it's not the end of the world. Like, once you learn what you're doing... It's a lot of forward thinking. It's a lot of forward thinking. And it, I think a lot of it has been learning through experience. Mm-hmm. So it's like, now it's not a problem because I know what I'm doing. Whereas the first time, I didn't know I had to book a ramp. So I turned up and they were like, um, well, we don't. Like, we yeah. don't have one. So, and they sorted it, it was fine. But it's like that learning for experience thing, which before you take for granted and you just go and do whatever you want. Yeah, definitely. So, obviously, you've spoken then a lot about, like, the physical things that happened to you. And I know, because we've spoke about this loads, and we've actually spoke about the Gymshark in Manchester together, didn't we? Yeah. But in terms of your your own self, so your mental health, what were you like as a person before your injury? What were you like during and then now because I know you well as a person and you are so empowered and you are so confident as a woman could you just kind of talk through those 
because I feel like it's three stages maybe like yeah, before like the pre, in, pre, pre and post. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So if you could just speak a little bit on that as well. Yeah, so I think before my injury, I mean, I think before I went to uni actually, I was very, very self-conscious. Okay. Like really, really not secure in myself. I had body image problems for quite a few years. I was very, very insecure. And I think going to uni and meeting the friends I have now and like getting my degree and kind of doing that really um, made me a confident person and living on my own, doing all them things made me really confident so by the time I left uni and training as well was a massive part of it so by the time I left uni I was was very confident I was yeah. very, very um, kind of happier than myself and then when my injury happened it was like it was just like a completely different person so I felt like I was in limbo for a very very long time mm-hmm. so I kind of where like everything was just going on around me and I didn't really know what I felt but when I left hospital, that's when I noticed how little self-confidence I had. So, so I mean, it just kind of been, like, taken away from you? Yeah, well, yeah. I think it was... I think a main part of it is that I'd never... I'd never thought about disability. I was really ignorant about it. So I'd never even thought about it. I'd never had any... I'd never seen disability representation. Mm-hmm. So I'd never looked in the media and seen a disabled person being strong, independent, empowered, and doing the things that I now do. So when I was, like, trying to get my life back together, I was like, where do you turn to? Mm. So... You know, you could scroll for say for even for in the fitness world, you could scroll for Instagram and see loads of girls who are doing glute workouts and stuff like that. And it's like when you when I was scrolling through, I was like, where are all um, you know the wheelchair accessible workouts? Where do I find someone who can help me work around using a cable machine with a, with a wheelchair and things like that? So I think that massively knocked my confidence because when you don't see someone doing it you kind of don't know how to do it yourself and I think unless if you've been represented represented your whole life it's really hard to understand because you don't understand how much of an impact it does have on you so it took me a really really long time to build up confidence because I lost a lot of friends um like when I had my injury as well so yeah I lost my boyfriend so like it was everything around me was just like falling apart and it was almost like that kind of feeling of like if they don't believe in me, then like, why should I? Because yeah. mm-hmm. they did before, but now I, my self worth was like diminished completely, um, which is something that I still now battle with. Yeah, but, like, I have days where I'm like, you aren't, you, you can't do this. You're not good enough to be doing this. But then I know now how to snap myself back out of it. Which is a skill. Yeah. I think that's so yeah. amazing that you can have the ability to do that because it's such a hard thing. Well, that's what we're talking about mental resilience. I think what you've been speaking about there in terms of being like underrepresented is like massive because I've noticed that there's not a massive representation of it, but I think you've almost taken that and championed it over like the last year or so yeah. because you, I don't know many other people who are, who, are, who are doing what you're doing especially like with social media YouTube Instagram in terms of helping people who may have a disability and stuff as well and I feel like you've really taken that spot and probably helped hundreds and thousands of of both males and females with disabilities are probably wondering like what can I do if yeah. I'm doing this and what can I do if I'm doing that really nice <laughs> yeah which brings us on to our next point of like how has Instagram and YouTube as platforms helped you personally with your journey I think for me personally it helped me it helps me see outside of my own little bubble because when you have when you have a disability you're very very isolated so you spend all I spent four months in hospital from the day I had my injury to the day I was discharged I spent four months in hospital so it was like being in this little horrible medical bubble Mm -hmm. so didn't see much from the outside world 
Um, and then when I left, you obviously I was homebound for quite a while because you've just come out of hospital. Yeah. So mm-hmm. waiting to have adaptions done to the house, waiting for all that stuff. And that takes a good like six months or so. So you're sitting at home, you don't really know what you're doing and like you're kind of like bored, you're watching the office on repeat. But like you're just you know, you're doing nothing and you're not seeing you're not seeing anyone that looks like you. You're seeing the same people over and over again, you know, as much as I love my parents. <laughs> but like so going online and being able to become like a voice and kind of getting people to like listen to me kind of really I think that really helped with empowering and getting my like self-confidence back because I think the moment that I was really like really turned it around for me I think I'd only been home from hospital maybe about a week or so and I think one of my friends messaged uh, Grace Fit UK and she was someone who I've like loved in the fitness industry for like a really long time, like really respected her and basically just said like um, that this has happened to my friend Sophie, like she's in this really bad place. Grace had sent me a message and um, was just really, really sweet, really, really lovely and then shared my story and then that is where it all kind of kicked off with social Amazing. media. So yeah. I think, so I think because someone I, like because Grace, I've respected her for so many years, having someone like that be like, you've been through so much for, you know, you've, you've still got this, you can do this, that really kind of made me kind of like perk up and it was just like a little perk up and then another little perk up mm. which kind of like builds and builds and before you know it you've gone from having like you've gone from being severely depressed to having a good day and then having a good week and then before you know it, you've had a good month yeah and it's like it I just like rolls on and on so um yeah so i think that's mainly with social media it's just helped me find my voice i think a little bit better i think that's nice though because like you hear so many people like nail on social media at the moment and all the negative impacts of it like you see online for it to have such a positive effect on your life and help you build up your confidence and and build that community i think it's amazing to see and we always say that we like there's so many positives that come from social media and it gets such a bad and there can be negatives as well but i think it's i think a lot of it is like self um self-censorship so i know loads of people who can't who wouldn't be able to be on social media as much as i am because they know it's not good for them yeah yeah you know what comes with it don't you you know that there's going to be some sort of negative aspect directed at you no matter who you are like, it happens to all three of us, doesn't it? Yeah. And if you put yourself out there onto a platform, it's like, okay, yeah, you, you kind of you've got to learn to block. Happen. You've got to learn to block out the shit, though, haven't you? I think that's something yeah. that you do quite a lot because I've seen you a couple of times do ask a question and I'm like, that's a bit of a deep, deep question, but then you've took yeah. it and round it and added a bit of humour to it, which is what I do quite a lot as well. Yeah, so some so, of the questions people ask you is like, so, like, you would never ask it to What's one of the sex. weirdest ones that you've been asked? Um, I get lots of questions about sex and I think people just can't compute the idea of disability and sex, to sex together in their head, so they're like, they're so nosy. But then there's loads, <laughs> <laughs> loads of questions as well about like, when are you ever walking in? If I get asked, if I had a pound for every time... I'd ask if I'd been asked if I was ever going to walk in. I'd be able to buy a new spine. And it's like that question in itself isn't overtly offensive because I get where it's coming yeah. from. And especially when you have a platform that is educating and empowering the idea of disability and yeah. injuries. I get that. And it's kind of like, will be hypocritical for me to say, stop asking. But it's just like, people don't take into account, don't think you've been asked that 20 times. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, they, yeah. Do, they don't filter that through, do they? Yeah. And... Obviously, a question that I wanted to go into because for those who don't know, I actually now coach Sophie um, on a one-to-one basis and you are unbelievably motivational for a lot of women who do train and this is like every single person. I know you're a very motivational person to them. Now, with your training, 
what kind of I guess like spurred you to go back to the gym after your injury and what like to this present day is making you keep going going. because this is obviously helpful for so many Mm -hmm. women who lack motivation who get gym anxiety like we spoke about before just obviously things like that yeah so I think when when I first had my injury I mean when I was like laying in the hospital bed I think I laid in bed for the first time for like six weeks I couldn't get up couldn't do anything so I think that whole time I was just thinking like I can't wait to get back to the gym and I didn't even think about the mental impacts that I was going to have or the yeah. physical boundaries or anything like that and all of my family all my friends were like you can't like, you can't go back like you sh- you know like why are you even thinking about that and I was like because I love it and they were like but it did you know this happened and I was like yeah but I still love it that's still yeah so they couldn't compute it could yeah. they so but it was very different from me saying that from a hospital bed where I didn't where that was what I really wanted from when I actually got into the gym it was completely different because obviously there's um I got diagnosed with depression and PTSD and maybe about seven weeks into my injury. So when I got to rehab, they diagnosed me with that, which is quite a common start mm-hmm. yeah. from a trauma. So there was nothing unusual really about yeah. that. But um, so they did basically kind of like, um, I can't, it's really bad that I have a psychology degree and I can't remember the word. <laughs> exposure. So we did um, exposure therapy. So like my fit, my, I had a psychiatrist and she was brilliant. So she, we would start by talking about the gym. Mm-hmm. So she would say, let's talk about the gym. So we'd say, okay. She was like, tell me about the gym. What's it like? How does it make you feel? And I was like, oh, okay, we did that. And then after a few weeks, we went um, past the gym. So we'd just go past it ah. and she'd be like, do you want to look in? Okay, and I'd be looking. Do you want to go in? No, that's fine. Okay. The point was she never made me feel bad for not wanting to go that step further if it wasn't yeah. ready. So she made me feel like I could take it at my own pace. And then we eventually ended up going in the gym, sitting in there, maybe having a glass of water, um, wheeling around. And then I, th- I didn't actually start working out until I'd left the hospital. Mm-hmm. So, But she got me to a place where I felt like I'd go into the gym. So I used to, I think it was like January the 1st. I got diagnosed from hospital on November the 1st and I went back to training on January the 1st. So wow, it's I thought that's that that's amazing. Quick, yeah. In hindsight, I felt like a long time because I wasn't doing anything. Yeah. But now I realise it's really quick. But um, I remember it was actually my dad who really pushed me to do it because I think he could tell how much that I like missed doing something. Yeah. So I missed being productive. He knows I'm such an independent person. So he basically like said to me, he was like, right, because he was going to join the gym anyway. So he was like, right, I'm going to go around to the gym. I'm going to sign up. And I was like, no, I, I can't do that. And he was like, yes, you will. And I was like. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, we do that then. So I remember, and it was freezing cold. My hands were freezing off, and he was like, "Come on, we're going, we're going." And he made me push around to this gym, like freezing my fingers off on the tires. And we signed up, and he was like, "That's all we're doing. We're just signing up. We're not gonna, we're not gonna go. We're just gonna sign up." And we did that, and I was like, "Oh, okay." So we did that, and then he used to practice the route round to the, the gym for me. So, because I live like ten minutes away from the gym, so he want he they actually got a house that was close to a gym that I could wheel to. Oh, that's nice, love that. <coughs> so I didn't have to get taxis and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. expensive. So um, yeah, so he used to practice like walking around the route with me and checking that curbs were okay and there was no dodgy payment and stuff like that. So that really, really massively helped. And then um, we started going to the gym together. So I'd start off by maybe just going in and I'd look at the equipment. So I'd look at go okay. So looking at the cables. How can I adjust that? How can I adapt that? Maybe I could put this attachment on it. Maybe I could hold myself like this, hold on the side of the chair. And it was all through trial and error, really. Mm-hmm. My physios as well, used to, like now that I've got a really good physio team, they help me a lot now because they're like, okay, but maybe try this because it's better for your posture or something like that. So they're really good in that side of things with the injury and like working mm-hmm. around it. 
But um, yeah, so that I used to have this little notebook and it was like exercises. So when I, when I worked out I could do something and it was accessible, I'd write it down. And then I ended up with this little notebook of things that I could That's do. Cool, like a library That's such stuff. a good yeah, idea. So like an exercise library. Like an exercise library, yeah. But it was all through trial and error because there was loads of things that I was like, oh, I can't do that anymore. And I was like, wait, but what if I did did it like this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, and then I had this little library. And then by the time I, I was lo- remember one evening reading through that and thinking, like, oh, God, now I really want to create a program. So I made a little workout program for myself, just a really, like, little basic one. And then started going um, again consistently each week, once a week, and then it was twice a week. That's three times a week, and then it just kind of again like rolled on and on from there. That's amazing like you've cut you as obviously as well you then became the person you're accountable to by kind of going yeah. into the gym each session being like okay so that didn't work last time but I'm going to trial this and it's like when you do have a coach like you, you do different things like even when we trained this morning yeah I was like we could do that so we were experimenting the hell out of doing yeah. like tricep stuff like we've never yeah. tried before so and me and Ellie do it a lot like me and my best friend Ellie because she um, we both train at the same gym and that's where we met but we will sometimes have one session a week where we don't go in and thinking right we want to hit this muscle group this muscle group whatever it's a completely experimental session yeah so and it's like it we'll take a rest day we'll get bored and we'll end up going in we go in and then we're just like right let's just put that attachment on the cable machine let's move that piece of equipment and just see if we can make a new movement because yeah. i think when you train from a wheelchair it's a little bit it is limited it's a lot limited a lot more limited obviously than a full body but um there's ways around it and we've learned to make it fun and I think that was the massive thing that I learned. I didn't want to go back into training being like, right, I need to need to lose my fat. I need to get back to having obliques and all of that. And I was like, no, right, I need to go back and do this for me, do it for my mental health, give myself something to do. And I think that's the reason why I've stuck to it. I think we were talking about this yesterday in terms of, like, the whole bulking and cutting thing, weren't we? Yeah. Iconically, when we were in Pizza Express. But um, we were talking about getting back into training and seeing things for what it is in terms of the process yeah. and what you've been doing. I mean, you said something really, really good. Yeah, so I always say to clients, like, we need to obviously have a goal there in terms of like, what we want to try and achieve, but even if you never end up getting there, you've got to enjoy and love never getting there because you've got to imp- enjoy the process that much. And I think that is particularly what you've self-taught yourself to do especially even looking back at this morning where you just hit a new pb in terms of yeah. pulling weight pulling your own body weight plus the weight of the chair yeah, is kilograms. is unbelievable great i can't sorry i still can't quite fathom it yeah. i was like i was like letting you i was like what has just happened well, this is crazy like, you were spotting me you were holding my legs down like oh my yeah God. so lucy, lucy had to lean over so she didn't pull herself <laughs> up out the chair because she's lifting so much but i think that's amazing time it's such like a great message for anyone who would just be in the gym and seen that by the way like it's just like very empowering to watch. Yeah. Uh, it's exactly the same when I see like girls hip thrusting or, or guys jumping on a hip thrust especially or squatting or whatever and, and doing something where they're progressively overloading, they're focusing not just on calories and how shredded and how yeah. nail they can get. They're enjoying the process again, they're progressively overloading. They're looking at a training rather than just a tool, but like as part of their journey just to, to really enjoy what they're doing. Yeah. I think I think that's such a good point but moving on to something that we briefly spoke about again before when you went back into the gym for the first time compared to where you're at now mentally and this is a question that I get asked all the time in terms of gym anxiety or feeling self-conscious or how do you go into the gym and not feel feel judged because that's a question that I get asked all the time especially because me you and Lucy go in and record 
god, yeah. Like that's that's another step in itself because I think as soon as, soon as you get <laughs> as soon as you get a camera out, you could be running around. Ra- yeah, mm. it's like you're running around like a chicken suit on like everyone. Well, naked. Yeah, everyone's. <laughs> people like we do. <laughs> it's like people never seen <laughs> yeah. a camera before. So, what would your message be to people who ask? Like, how do you get around gym anxiety or how do you feel? Because like you were saying before, for you, the demographic's even smaller yeah. in terms of like, because you're female with a disability, it's, it's something which is even rarer than someone who just yeah. walking into the so gym. So I had, I mean, I had gym anxiety before my injury anyway. I think we were talking about it yesterday. So when I first joined the gym, I didn't know anything about fitness. Like I used to like, before that, I used to like starve myself. I used to wear like waist trainers and like really, because I really have bad body image issues. So... I mean, I learned a lot about nutrition and, like, training, like, over time. But I did have gym anxiety to start with. And a lot of that was to do because I would go into a big commercial gym. Yeah. And there would be lots of guys in there and throwing rates around. And I was like, oh, my God, they're going to, like, look at me and think I'm, like, weak. And, like, maybe, what if they don't, like, think I'm attractive? And then I started thinking, like, why do I actually care? Yeah. Like, why do I care? And I think I got to this point where I was like, do I care more about what they think over what I want? So I had to weigh that up in my head. I was like, am I going to come into the gym and waste half an hour every time crying in the toilets because I'm scared of going to the floor? Or am I actually just going to get on with the process of getting what I want and stop delaying myself getting there? It definitely was harder. It kind of was for... My gym anxiety now comes from like a different place because it's because of the like, trauma. Yeah. But um, as a disabled woman, it's definitely a lot harder because it's hard as a woman, but um, as a disabled woman, it's an even smaller intersection because I go into the gym, I'm the only disabled person, I'm the only disabled woman. So it's definitely very, very hard. But I think I, again, like with the social media thing, I had to think, right, okay. So there kind of wasn't really a lot of blueprint for me to work yeah. with. So yeah. I was like, why don't I just become the blueprint? Yeah. I so, love that. You know, if there isn't, the voice. If there isn't someone there doing what you, or if there isn't someone giving you what you need, just do it yourself, like yeah. make it yourself. And it's a lot um, easier said than done. But I remember thinking like, oh God, like what if, um, so I started posting these workout videos, what if I started doing that? And then someone else who was in the wheelchair saw me doing that and thought, oh, okay, I can do like pull downs, but I'll do it like this. And I thought that is way more important to me than being scared of getting my camera out or, you know, all the other things that I was nervous about. And now I go into the gym and if I'm not filming, they're like, where's your camera? Yeah. Are you okay? Are you ill? Like, come on, Sophie, get together. But yeah, so in the end, I think people get to know you. So I go into the gym now and, and they know the deal. Like, they'll help, help me with the heavy door and whatever. And as for a disabled person as well, specifically, it's okay with admitting you need help sometimes. Mm-hmm. So there are some things in the gym where, okay, so I asked someone, would you mind adjusting the cable machine for you, for me? And for me, it was getting over that pride mm-hmm. thing as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. So there's like so many different things to overcome. But yeah, it's mainly just about, for me, it was realising that, like, I, I I didn't have someone to look to, so I could be that for someone else, which is what really, like, motivated me as well. Yeah. I think I was speaking about this with Lucy the other day and Sam, because we were in the gym recording the other day, and Sam was recording as who's our creative guy. Um, and there was a woman, I won't mention any names, we'll call her Barbara for now. Barbara. Barbara. It, was in, it was in Pure Gym. Um, I think she's one of the staff there and like because we were recording she was she was basically pointing and laughing and sniggering like and we still get conscious sometimes by the way like yeah, yeah we're, we're naturally like, confidence uh, is, is um, it fluctuates yeah yeah, yeah yeah but at the end of the day like when I'm doing stuff like that I just got to think to myself like what impact is this video that I'm about to create going to have on yeah. numerous people's other lives and, and I think, also think about why they're laughing yeah I'm always of the 
of the mindset of if you're trying to bring someone down, you're already below. They're already below you. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Why would Why would you be laughing at someone? If I'm out, like me and Dan were out on the ground day like a few weeks ago, and we saw so many girls like taking selfies and like really like being confident, and it made me so happy yeah. to see people like, and especially girls being empowered to be that confident Definitely. in public. Yeah. And I was thinking if I and there were times before when I was younger where I wasn't as nowhere near as confident I was, and I had no confidence. Where I would like pick things on other girls I'd be like oh my god look at her like look at that and that's was coming from a place of insecurity yeah. yeah so now when anyone like says anything about that to me I'm just like have a great day 100% mm-hmm. have a great day like and I like work through your issues that's your problem like it's nothing it's more to do with you than it is to do yeah, it's more to do with them than it's to do with you yeah, yeah, of course, and we always say that to each other, like anything negative, anything a little bit this yeah. and that, or a bit of anxiety, whoever you are, you can always overcome it, it's yeah. just something that has to pass. Yeah, and in terms of when we're creating stuff like that, like, I always remember when I first started the gym and I was that guy who'd wear like two hoodies, wouldn't bring my head up, I'd circle outside the gym with equipment and exercises where people wouldn't really see me, yeah. so like when I'm creating pieces of content like that, if, if other people are laughing at me, I, I don't give a shit, because of that piece of content helping someone else who was in my position like when I was yeah. 10 years ago I can remember what I was like and if that helps a guy who's sitting in the corner of the gym who's feeling nervous who doesn't know what he's doing he sees a piece of my content and is like oh I can do that today and feels he's got the confidence then to go up and knows how to perform an exercise then I've won and at the same time like I think you never really want to navigate your journey based on the opinion of other people especially when that person it's probably living a really, really sad life. Like, how, how sad has that person got to be to either laugh at you, to leave a comment, to take time out of their day to look at what you're doing? I think you've got to think about the person and almost empathise with them because they've got a sad life. Yeah. If the only way that they're going to get off on themselves is by, like, ha- having an impact yeah. on yours. And and especially with leaving comments, because people will make fake accounts just to leave comments. That's to leave crazy. Yeah. Comments. Who has the, who has who the has time? time? Yeah. Go, go, go. Mate, mate, go and get a job. That's why, <laughs> that's why I always, li- I think I told you, this comes down and I took it from Jamie when he was coaching me, is he came up with this analogy, which is, like, basically not everyone's going to like it and you've got to accept it. Mm-hmm. But even if there's a, an old woman in a burning building whether you choose to rescue her or not, there's always going to be someone who thinks you're a dickhead. So even if you choose to re- rescue that old woman and you're a hero, there's always going to be someone who doesn't like you and thinks you're a So yeah. I think you just got to get on with life sometimes and accept the fact that not everyone's going to like yeah. you. And I think whether you get and that free head... And a lot of the time as well, like you, and you could be nervous first starting out, and then but the second you start to get a bit of traction or you get a bit of success, people will change their minds Jump very, very quickly. Yeah. It's so, people's opinions like that are so superficial. I've had people who were awful to me before my injury now be all up in my DMs trying to... Like, <laughs> all up in my DMs! Be, like, I have people who, who ditched me when my injury happened who, like... That's appalling, by the way. I just got to throw that in there because yeah. I can't deal with that. Who okay. have, like, now tried to be like, you're doing so amazing. And I'm like, cool, I haven't got time to argue. I'm not bitter. I, I, like, I literally, like I said, I don't have time. I hope you're great but I also don't need you. Yeah. I don't yeah. need this. I don't need to fulfill whatever trying to guilt you are trying to get me to feel. So yeah. have a nice day, but this is my life now. And yeah. like I feel, I feel like for a lot of situations, it comes around full circle. A hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. And that actually brings us on to our last question. You have been amazing, by the way. But if you could kind of just tell everyone, what is your like ultimate message? So we always describe it as, what is your why? why? I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What is your you. why? Yeah. Your ultimate message. Hit me. 
Oh, it's always that someone asks you, you're like, do you know? I think for me, a massive part for me is empowerment. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I'm larger than the fitness industry, but within like every every single aspect of anyone's life, but particularly mine, I always want to feel empowered to do what I want to do, and particularly with women, because obviously there is still a lot of misogyny in our world. We're seeing so much of it, like wise, like wildfire at the moment, and I feel like a lot of women as well internalize that. Yeah. And so we do put a lot of limits on ourselves, but especially as the intersection gets smaller and smaller, so with disabled women, it's like a different ball game. Yeah. So, um, yeah, my why really would just be to empower people, to give them the tools to be able to make decisions themselves, to know that they are limitless. You know, if I can make something that can spark vision in someone and, and they can see that and think, like, I can do that too because Sophie did it, that is, like, everything to me. Yeah. And that's the best message you give. And I think, like, in terms of what I was to say then, whether it's people who are coming over to your page to check out, like, oh, something new training-wise that they can try and challenge themselves with, or if it's like they just need to kick up the arse and a bit of motivation, I think that's the, the main thing that comes from your page is that, like, you're so empowering, not only to, to females, but even when I go through your page and stuff too, it motivates me to be like, I need to fucking move my arse and do, <laughs> do something today. So what was your handle again so people can check it out your page? at Soph J Butler. And YouTube? Um, it'd just be Sophie Butler. Sophie Butler. Yeah. So make yeah, sure to so check Sophie out. <laughs> make sure you follow Sophie. A massive thank you for Sophie being our first ever, the Not yeah, So Fit podcast guest. Yeah. guest wow. Which That's is special. obviously huge. And then obviously... Thank you to everyone who has been listening, tagging on Facebook, on Instagram. It means a lot to yeah, us. Yeah, make sure you tag all three of us and if you want popping up if the podcast. Pop it, pop it up. Yeah, because yeah, we appreciate you, yeah. all you guys screenshot on the podcast. You. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> make sure you're doing your workouts yeah. and training properly. A bit of accountability. But yeah, thanks for everyone who's tuned in today and thanks for Sophie for coming down. Thank we really appreciate it. Me. Bye, guys. We'll catch you in the next episode.